0: Holy One, giver of all light, lift up our hearts and minds to Christ, the morning star that never fades. By the light of your Holy Spirit, reveal to us your saving word and lead us to offer our lives to you in service and in love, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The mystery of the ages, revealed to the prophets and apostles. Hear the word of the Lord. Our verse today comes from Psalm chapter 67. May God be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of her countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide all the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. The earth has brought forth her increase. May God, our own God, give us her blessing. May God give us her blessing, and may all the ends of the earth stand in awe of her. This is the word of the Lord.
1: From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. Now Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod. Suddenly the sages from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the one born, uh, born king of the Judeans? For we have seen his star at its ascent and have come to reverence him. When King Herod heard this, he was shaken and all Jerusalem with him. Then calling together all the chief priests and religious scholars of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah would be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by no means are the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the sages and learned from them the time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so I may also go and reverence him. When they had heard the king left, and and there suddenly was the star that they had seen at its ascent going before them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they rejoiced. Their joy was exuberant. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and reverenced him. Then opening their treasure, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The mystery of the ages revealed to all. Thanks be to God. God. In the words of Reverend Nadia Bowles-Weber, on the Feast of the Epiphany, I am reminded that an insecure ruler named Herod was so threatened by the birth of Jesus that he tried to overthrow the result by putting a hit out on a toddler. On On the Feast of the Epiphany, the church commemorates the journey of the Magi to pay homage to Jesus, so inspired to take a strenuous journey to an unknown location, a journey that threatens the established powers of the day. The word epiphany implies some kind of revelation or or realization to which I might ask, what exactly is being revealed here? Well, essentially, the messianic promise and hope that is Jesus. With multiple mentions of the land, the cosmos, the magi who are not Jewish, there is a revelation that this is a big event, a central event that crosses borders and cultures to reveal a new way of being in the world. The story of Epiphany is about flipping the script. It is revealed through Advent, through the Advent and Christmas narrative that the realm of God is different than what was originally imagined. There is no grand king or a battle, but a baby born in a stable. What is expected is not what happens. And the, serious, the seriousness of it terrifies those in power in ways that are maybe a little bit ridiculous, like putting a hit on a toddler, but in ways that are equally as revelatory. History has a way of reminding us of the dangers of defying those in power. And one of the most glaring examples are the magi, or the sages, as translated here, who flip the script by not returning to Herod, by making what is a dangerous decision to defy the person in power. They they knew that he didn't wanna pay Jesus homage. He was frightened about what this toddler stood for. They took the road least traveled, if you will, the road unexpected. As Christians, we are a people tasked with disrupting the status quo. That is the heart of the gospel, the good news for the poor, liberation for the oppressed, not returning back to Herod. And what are each of our roles in that? How might we flip the script in our faithful practices and commitment to love in the world? And I think there are a lot of ways that we are each called to this or we are called to this as a community. But as Christians, what I believe that unites us in this movement is scripture, this entity that is common among all of us. And I think it's worth asking here, when it comes to scripture, what is the status quo? Who are the main characters in our stories? From whose perspective have we been reading these stories? And from whose perspective have we been learning about these stories? Whether that comes from scholars and and interpreters, pastors and teachers, whose voices have been overshadowed and whose voices are missing, and how might we make room to hear them? Well, this year, we will start by telling the stories that we don't usually hear and rethinking our assumptions about them too. The church has assumed for centuries that the magi, the sages, are men, three wise men, but only one is actually explicitly named as a man And this might not seem like a very significant piece of information, and maybe it doesn't make a big difference in the story. Or maybe it does. (laughs) What if the two other sages were women? And if that is one narrative that has been told to us, what might other narratives and the way they are told reveal uh, reveal about us and about God, power, and liberation? And what might refocusing those narratives do to inform our faith and the way we move in the world? So over the past year a couple of years, Reverend Dr. Wilda Gaffney, who is an Episcopalian priest and renowned Hebrew scholar, as well as a black womanist scholar, wrote and published a new lectionary for the church. The lectionary is a pre-selected collection of scripture readings from the Bible that churches, usually high churches like the Roman Catholic Church and the Episcopal Church and the Presbyterian Church, use on a weekly basis that informs their preaching and teaching on Sunday mornings. The Revised Common Lectionary is what most Protestant churches use, which follows a three-year cycle of biblical readings from the Old Testament, the Psalms, the Gospels, and other letters in the New Testament. And that follows the liturgical calendar of things like Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, and so on. At the PSC, we've not followed the lectionary. We organize our scripture readings each week based on a sermon series, which is another common practice for many churches. But nearly 1.4 billion Christians around the world follow the lectionary, meaning that 1.4 billion Christians are hearing and learning about the same scriptures each week. But the Revised Common Lectionary has not been updated in almost 30 years. And not only has it not been updated, it has never centered stories of women. And that is what Gaffney's project is doing, a project that she hopes will shape the nearly 1.4 billion listeners of the lectionary around the world. She's in in the process of publishing a full three-year cycle of the lectionary, but she has also published a one-year cycle called Year W, which is what we will be sharing this year. A lectionary designed by women about women for the whole church. A decision we made to flip the script of whose stories we hear, what we learn, how we interpret, who does the interpreting, and what the still speaking God has to say through this thing we call the Bible. In this project, we will hear from women who often remain silenced, women who are not named, women who are looked over and forgotten, and women who will empower us. Through the year, not every single scripture that we share on the Tuesday night will be specifically about women and their stories, but we will hear these stories through a feminist and womanist lens, and learn together and bear witness to the way that the church can tell its own story in new ways. And in our decision to preach from the women's lectionary, I want to be clear that this is not to erase or overpower the significance of non-binary, genderqueer, and agender narratives from the biblical canon and the church. If anything, the scale and seriousness of this project highlights the injustice of the lack of an organized lectionary, liturgy, and liturgical material around the stories, projects that I hope will one day be accomplished by scholars and theologians who hold those identities. I, of course, also want to point out that there are some pretty powerful stories of men in the lectionary, men who have inspired a commitment to justice, a commitment to faith, and a commitment to love. This project does not devalue those contributions, but I hope that it elevates that they have had a central place in the life of the church, and that there is room to create space for other stories as well. We will read passages that have been translated from ancient Greek and Hebrew by Gaffney herself you will likely see some language that is unfamiliar, maybe a little jarring in different ways, and also very explicitly chosen or chosen for a very particular reason. Much of the language for God, which is most often written and translated with traditionally masculine language have been very specifically translated with traditionally feminine and non-binary language, which we saw a lot in the Psalm tonight. Again, this does not mean that God is a woman or that God has any gender, but to uplift the experience that all of us might have in praying to a god in the feminine gender and to specifically flip the script of the erasure of women and girls from these narratives. Outside of the particular gendered imagery, Gaffney has made very explicit decisions about the translation of other common words. The word Lord never appears as a title for God in this lectionary, as it, in the words of Gaffney, stems from a brutal system of human governance that is unnecessary in the space where God is. Because of Christianity's long system of anti-Judaism and anti-Semitism, the word Jews has been translated as Judeans, helping us to think about the geographical ethnic people of the ancient world instead of today's religious adherents. In addition, while many translations of the words that appear in the Old and New Testament choose servant, Gaffney uses the word slave. She writes that in the translation servant, or she writes that the translation servant is dishonest, given that the persons named were so owned, controlled, raped, impregnated, bred, sold, maimed, and killed. She continues, I preserve slave and invite the reader and preacher to wrestle with that term and its influence on and in creating and defending the the American Slavocracy. We will delve more into that when we get to those passages, but I wanted to offer for everyone to have the opportunity to understand and sit with the intention and work and scope of this project because my hope is that this project will give us space to bear witness to the stories that go untold, unread, unshared, stories that are inspiring and stories that are challenging, that reflect the reality of women and girls around the world, a reality that we must honor, shed light on, and refuse to stay silent about. And so I am grateful to learn with you. I am excited to learn with you, to have the opportunity to learn from Reverend Dr. Gaffney, to read more of the Bible together and to do so in a way that is new, that is fresh, in a way that is hopeful and encouraging, in a way that reveals the fullness of who God is and rip open the box we have placed God in. And this is just one way that we as a community can participate in flipping that script. And on this journey, I hope that we find that there are many unexpected roads to take and take them together. Amen.